The Gospel Shaped Home podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the ends of the street and the ends of the earth. Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Shaped Home podcast. This episode is a recording of one of the breakout sessions from our 2021 Family Milestone Celebration. Our next Family Milestone Celebration is on June 5th, and you can find more information about it on our website, pray.org. I hope you make plans to join us. And now, enjoy this breakout session entitled Establishing Healthy Family Rhythms. So you guys are in the breakout session called Establishing Healthy Family Rhythms. And so tonight, we wanted to talk about We're not talking about how to do family devotions, and family devotions are great, Um, but what we want to talk about is kind of like you can't just come to church on Sunday and expect that to be all you need um, for your spiritual enrichment. You can't just do family devotions and expect that to be all your family needs. It needs to be part of your every minute, every day fiber of your life. Deuteronomy 6 talks about Moses says, these words that I'm commanding you have to be on your heart. So as a parent, what you want is you want God's words to dwell in you so richly that throughout the day, you're noticing him working in your life. You're seeing him working and you're talking about him with your kids because the rest of that passage goes on to say, once they're in your hearts, you teach them to your children. And when do you do it? When you're sitting down, when you're standing up, when you're going out, when you're staying in, when you're laying down all the time. And you're even supposed to write them everywhere. And so... When you think about the rhythms of your life, um, it's not just your Sunday. It's not just the bedtime. It's your day in and day out until your kids have eyes to see um, God's work in their lives. You need to be talking about the wonderful things that he's doing in your life. When you see him at work, tell your kids about it. When he is answering your prayers, tell them about it. Um, when you they ask you to pray for them and you see how God is answering that, point it out to them until they have eyes to see for themselves. So one thing that Brian and I really wanted to do is we wanted to teach our kids to love the Lord and to love others. We wanted to teach them to love God's word and to love his church. And so we wanted to make those things enjoyable. And one of the things that we did was give them quiet snacks and things to do when they were at church. Now, there's another session about um, how to integrate your kids into the worship service. But right now, all the kids in the room, Pastor Brian wants to give you something. So go up and get something out of the, there's two things to get. Now, our deal was if I helped him with this, he said, I have to teach and he's going to hand out candy. That was his, that was his strategy for this. And I'm like, I don't know that that's going to really work. But While the kids are getting this, I was going to say that um, the passage in Matthew 6, it talks about worrying. And as parents, we do a lot of worrying about our kids and how they're going to grow up. But that word seek means prioritize. And we want to think about prioritizing the Lord and our relationship with Him in our lives. But even more than what we think of as do you know that the word priority was singular until the 1900s? Now we feel like we can have all sorts of priorities, but really there's one and that's the Lord and it needs to cover everything else in our, our life. And so, um, as we're going in and as we're, um, as we're staying in and as we're going out, our love for the Lord and our acknowledgement of his work in our lives needs to be on the forefront of our mind all the time. But yet 
you know how chaotic it is. I mean, you just saw it happened. Um, parenting is chaotic. So you also kind of need to have a, um, a game plan for what you do want to teach your kids before they get out of the house. And so that's what Brian's going to talk about. So I don't know if you all received a little sheet when you walked in there on that back table. Um, if you if you didn't, um, you can raise your hand and we can actually bring you one. I'm not going to teach through it, but I want to show you what we used and what we did in our home. That's that's the, that's the intent. Um, so for families uh, like the wards, um, this is going to have no bearing in their life whatsoever. We had three sons. Okay, they're 18, 19, 20 uh, today. You don't have some bearing, but we looked and we said, what, what does a godly man look like in the Bible, right? And so what we did when they were really, really little was we sat down and we said, okay, when they leave the house, what, what would we hope to see in their life as different characteristics, as mindsets in their life? And so while the process of making disciples with your kids is absolutely something that is, it's not just an everyday thing, it's a throughout the day thing right? It's, it's, it's to find ways to point life experiences back to God and back to his word. But I found, and we found it was really important to have something that we looked at to where when it was time to talk and we didn't know what to talk about, we had something to talk about, okay? And so we put together this little sheet um, and we said, you know, if they could become a person that would live for the glory of God, if they could become a person that would lean on the gospel, that would imitate Christ. Now you see under that one, there's a lot. I mean, there's some roles that Christ played in people's lives that we thought these are some roles that we really believe would be important for our boys to play in the lives of other people. But then we also looked and we said, you know, there's so many characteristics in Christ that were just so noble, so amazing that we think, what would some of those be that we want to make sure that we teach our kids over time? And so we were like, you know, by the time they're 18, they're probably going to leave. And so we thought, let's choose 18 characteristics we found in Christ um, and just continue every year to talk about the same characteristics um, one week every single year where we just highlight one of them. And, um, and then as a result of that, um, when they turned 18, we would hope that those would be a part of their life. We hope that they would become men who would reject being passive, who would take responsibility. And then we, we said, what kind of responsibilities would, would they have in life? And so you can kind of see there that there's, there's God's word to treasure, his will to obey, God's woman to love, his family to leave, work to do, trust to steward, and world to reach. And then we wanted to do something else um, or to see something else in them. And it was this. It was we wanted them to get to the place uh, to where they would wait for a better treasure than what could be had today. Um, and, to, and to put before them a, a, um, not just an example, uh, but constant teaching to where we kept thinking, you know, if, if they get everything when they want it, they'll never become godly men. Um, and so we kept throughout their life, even when they were little, in minor things that were pretty insignificant, we would put before them, you can have that now, but if you wait, if you wait, it could be this, right? Of, of constantly helping them to see those things. And, and so what I would do is about once every two months, I would back up and say, okay, over the next two months, what, what in this grid have, has it been a long time since we've talked through? And sometimes I would just start at the top and I'd say, okay, over the next week, we're just going to talk about in, 
um, all these rhythms of the day and the week, what it looks like to be a man that loves the glory of God and that lives for it, okay? And so the intent of that, and I have not written one for women uh, and for girls, and it's not because it's not important, it's just we didn't have any, okay? And so, uh, but if you are a mom or a dad and you have girls, I would love to contribute to that. I have ideas of what I would want to teach, but, um, but we didn't have any, okay? My point, though, is this, is find a way to be intentional with what you're going to teach so that when you don't know what to say, you have something that you can say, okay? And so our goal for the boys, we wanted them to be godly, confident men that grew up to be mighty oaks of righteousness on display for God's splendor. And so these were some of the things that we thought. But I will say, you know, start with these six. The church has given you some goals to aim for. Start with that. Um, the other thing, you know, we knew we'd have our boys for 18 years and we would have those opportunities to teach them. But then they're going to grow up and they're, you know, a healthy routine is that they leave our house eventually. And so when the kids were little, um, we would do devotion books with them. And moms, um, you probably are with your kids more than the dads, except COVID. I know we're going <laughs> to, maybe everybody was all together all the time. But typically you're going to know what's the right level of teaching that they need, especially when they're really little. And so you do the research, you find the books that'll be helpful, and then hand them off to dad and let dad read the books to the, the kids because the kids need to know that it's important to both mom and dad that they are, um, that you both love the Lord. And I think often it's the moms that feel like um, that they could do a better job or that they could make it more clear to the kids. You do what you can to be a helpmate to equip your husband to step in with that as well. And then as your kids get older, you want to sit down together and read the Bible together and learn how, you know, ask them questions of the text and kind of model how you study the Bible with them. And as your kids get older, you start giving them tools so that they can study the Bible on their own. Like our son, one of them read through the Bible and I said, well, here's a book called How to Read the Bible Book by Book. It's a really short commentary, but it helps them to learn how to feed themselves spiritually on their own. So you want to do step by step. When they're younger, um, you want to give them the simple things. The um, Jesus Storybook Bible is great. There's so many things like that for the younger ones. But as they get older, just go to the Word and teach them how to study the Word on their own, step by step. Um, what else you want to? Okay, so so the weekly rhythms, um, like with the kids, you want to, when you do family devotions, for example, you want to anchor it to something that doesn't change, like every day you have breakfast or every night you go to bed or every, um, every day you eat a meal together. And so one strategy is to anchor your family devotions to that because you know you're going to do it. So plan on doing it. For us, we had three boys and they all shared a room so we could do one bedtime routine and one time for family devotions. But as the kids got older, they went to bed at different times. Um, but we had breakfast together. And so we would read things together. Um, at breakfast, and then it moved to dinner. And then a lot of our spiritual discussions happened in the car, especially when the kids, when your kids get into middle school, um, you will put many, many, many miles on your cars. Um, but I think, I don't know if Brian mentioned it this time, but last time he talked about, you've got your kids for such a short amount of time. Um, 
you can't do everything. And so some things you're going to have to sacrifice in order to have that time to invest in your kids. And so think about, um, think about what you can take out so that you have time to invest in your kids so you're not spread so thin. And another thing I would say, as far as weekly rhythms go, if your weekly rhythm is so packed with extra things, it makes it really hard to put in family devotion. It makes it really hard to take time to memorize scripture if you're never at home together. And so your kids are going to recognize what is your priority. And so just step back and honestly evaluate how you're spending your time. Um, another thing to consider is on an annual basis. What are your annual rhythms? What are your traditions look like, moms? Often we're the ones that do the planning for what are we going to, what's Thanksgiving going to look like? What's Christmas going to look like? What are birthdays going to look like? Use those yearly celebrations as opportunity to, um, to step back and look at what's the Lord been doing over this year? How has the Lord grown your child through this year of life. Ask about that on their birthday. At Thanksgiving, step back and say, how has God blessed our family this year? And be intentional to talk about that. Christmas and Easter, it's easy to let your um, your traditions focus around Christ. But think about those other holidays. New Year's Day. I mean, how do you want to see the Lord grow you this upcoming year? Have your kids set goals let each of those holiday traditions even be something that can point your kids to the Lord and how he's working in your life, how he's wanting to grow you, um, etc. <laughs> when they're young and then as they grow, um, as, as the kids move through stages, it's really important for them to learn to obey, not out of authority, but out of affection. Okay. That's, one of the most important things that you have to do as a parent, because that's how they're going to learn to live with the Lord, right? So when you, when they're really little, right, you set clear boundaries where there's clear authority and you're saying yes and no, because they're, because they're this tall and then they start to grow. And, and what you want to seek to do is to begin to expand those, those boundaries in the hope that in time, that their affection for you and their knowledge of your affection for them becomes the driving force as opposed to there's a barrier in front of me. And the reason that's so important is because that's how they're going to learn to treat the Lord. He's either going to be the authoritarian in their life or they're going to learn to obey him because of affection. Okay. Now, why I say that is because, and Des, this is just so important. Okay. Is uh, it's so, it's so important for you um, to, to be a friend to your kids. And I know that this seminar is not about practicing friendship with your kids, but if the only time that they hear you talk about godly things is when they're in trouble um, or when you have to, it becomes um, very authoritative, right? And so what I want to encourage you to do, right, as I said first, is that you would find some grid, some something that you know that you want to teach them and you just keep going over that through their life. But then what you want to do as mom and dad, right, is to invest in them personally in ways that it's enjoyable for them. Okay. So when they were little, okay, so when our boys were really little, um, what I would do is I would take this sheet out, as I said, about two months in advance. And I go, okay, over the next two months, these are these, these will be these various traits, characteristics. And then what we would do is we would take oftentimes one of those 18 characteristics for a week. And that was our bedtime routine. 
okay? I just knew, okay, we're on patience. And so I would find a verse, a simple verse, a proverb, something that Jesus was waiting, says that like, like some story in the Bible, right? We would walk through that. We'd pray to become that. And then I would tell a Sam and Roger story, okay? And Sam and Roger, they were fictitious, adventure-setting firemen. I would tell it on the spot, and they would all sit up, and they'd clap, right? They would clap. When I started this story, it was so enjoyable to them, right? And I would just make it up. I'd say, one day, Sam and Roger, they woke up at the firehouse, and we're on patience. So it's like, okay, we got to find something where they have to wait, you know? And, and I would just create a story. It had no bearing on anything other than in the story, there was either a, a clear demonstration of patience to emulate that was so so heroic, or there was a consequence for what happens when we're not patient. And they'd go, oh, he's not being patient, is he? I'd say, no, he's not being patient, right? And so it simply became enjoyable to talk about those things. And that's when they're really little. And then there's one other thing, and, and I'll be honest, there are so many rhythms and things that we've done over the last 20 years that if you ever want to talk more, we feel totally rushed to talk about rhythms of 20 years in, in 20 minutes. But um, but when they got older, um, we would still have time at breakfast and at dinner and sometimes bedtime. But when they got old, they had separate rooms. They were in sports. There was, there's, it gets very, very different as they get older. And the easiest thing to do, in particular mom and dad, is to say, you know what? They're kind of past that. Uh, it's hard to have a meal together as an entire family when they're in high school. And so you have to find a way, you have to find a place. And where we found um, was for about 10 years, we, um, we would go to breakfast. I would take one of them to breakfast on a Sunday morning early, and we would just rotate through the three, okay? And we just keep rotating through. And, um, and we would get pancakes, and, we'd, and then we'd come, and we would um, greet here at church um, prior to the first service. And so, and they couldn't wait. They just loved it because it was personal time with me. The first two times we did it, the first two, two cycles through, right? So six times. I don't know why I thought this was such a wise thing. It was really not. So don't do this, right? Is, is I began to talk about over the last three weeks what I've seen in their life. And I would point out the areas that where they weren't living for the glory of God or they weren't... Um, I would point out some others as well, but I found that they weren't enjoying the time nearly as much as I wanted them to. And then I turned the corner. I said, you know what? This is not the time to exercise any kind of discipline. Let me just highlight for them the things that mom and dad have seen in their life that were victories. There were, were small signs of those things to where, to, where, um, to where they knew that we were seeing growth in their life, right? And they couldn't like they loved when it was their turn. When I became the senior pastor, that stopped because that happened on Sunday mornings. And so just a quick win, and then I think we're supposed to be done in about two minutes. We're going to go eat. Um, is, uh, so just a few months ago, uh, I told the story, but so we have a son, he's 19, and he's uh, right now down at uh, boot camp. And uh, he's got a week left of training, and so he's got a hard week this week. And um, and so right before he left, he was really wanting to, to, to just be intentional with his friends and with us to spend quality time with us. And so he came to me on Saturday and he said, Dad, let me ask you something. He goes, how early would I have to wake up for us to go have breakfast in the morning? And I said, well, I, I wake up at 4.30. Um, 
And so you'd have to wake up no later than five. And uh, he goes, let's do it. And so we, <laughs> so we get our food and we're sitting down and he goes, dad, I know that for all those years, you would talk through those characteristics of a godly man. And, and then you would point out things in my life, but this is what I want to do today. I want to tell you the kind of man that I want to be. And he began and he just recited each one of those things that's on that sheet of paper, right? Now, that's, that was such a win, right? That was, and it still is. It's still one of those highlight parent moments because most of my memories, not most, a lot of my memories are of my failures as a dad uh, and not successes. Um, and, so, uh, and so these practical rhythms of building into their life a friendship so that they want to be that out of affection as opposed to authority, uh, it, just, it just makes uh, an enormous um, impact in their life and, and in ours, okay? Um, we'll be here tonight. Of course, we'll be here all the time. And so if, if, uh, if there's ever a time that you want to talk to us about our failures, um, that, that, that would be longer than the 20 minutes. Um, but, um, but I'm thankful that the boys, we are thankful that the boys do love the Lord and they're seeking to walk before him. And so um, that said, I believe it is, it is time for us to finish here. And so let me pray and I'll send you out the door, okay? Father, we love you and we thank you for each of these children and pray that as they continue to grow as men and women, uh, Lord, that they would, they would live for your glory and they lean on the gospel and uh, they would walk with Christ. And so we ask that you would, I ask that you would help those parents in the room who are feeling in some way defeated, that you would encourage them, inspire them uh, to be intentional and to be persistent and creative. Um, and to build a friendship with their kids that's surrounded uh, by your word. And so we love you, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home podcast produced by Providence Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.